1: Got
2: it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra fifteen percent off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now thirty-five to seventy percent off, and twenty-five percent off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase, except gift card, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com/star rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
0: Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
3: Have you heard? The bird is the word. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, after a four-game sweep of the Rays at Camden Yards, the Orioles are going west, young man. Throw away that decaf coffee, 336ers, because we're in for some late nights ahead. We've got our first audio submission for the Anyone Can Podcast segment, and even though our fearless leader is halfway around the world in Tanzania, Africa, the endearingly stuttering Matt Sroka will regale us with a storytime segment of his very own. All that and more on today's episode of Section 336.
0: <laughs> Buckle up, birds. Be ready to ride. Your host, Matt Joshua Bird, ready to fly. Baltimore's best section 336. The number one sports broadcast gets your fix. What's
1: the news? Let's talk about Buck. Our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336
3: What up, 336ers? I am the zany Burt Rohde. Thank you for joining us here at Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am the zany Burt Rohde. This is episode 170. Today is Tuesday, June 28th. I am joined this week by my partner in crime, the button lover, Josh Soroka. Josh is in New Jersey. I'm in Middle River, Maryland, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, Matt Soroka is all the way around the world in Tanzania, Africa, not able to join us live, but he will be featured a little later in the show, so make sure you tune in for that. A couple things I want to touch on real quick before we get to the meat of the episode this week. The Orioles are coming off of a huge four-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays here at Camden Yards. Friday night was a great start where we saw Gallardo give up three runs in the first inning and then clean up his act. Those three runs were the only runs given up to the Rays up until the Sunday night game where Chris Tillman started and actually failed to impress but benefited from a come-from-behind victory. Uh, Friday night also was a come-from-behind victory, um, again, considering that... Uh, Gallardo gave up those three runs in the first inning. The Orioles came back to win that game on Friday uh, by a score of uh, six to three. Like I said, those three runs were the only ones they scored. Tuesday, uh, Saturday afternoon, Kevin Gausman, untouchable for seven and two thirds innings. The Orioles go on to shut out the uh, Rays five to nothing in that day game on s- Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, Josh and I were actually there at the game uh, where Tillman struggled. Uh, the uh, rays actually led four to nothing at one point before the Orioles bats finally came alive. We ended up winning that game eight to six. And then on Sunday, we just killed the Tampa Bay Rays. Final score 12-5. Tyler Wilson, he wasn't great, but again when your team scores 12 runs in support, you don't have to be all that great. Monday we had the day off, but we saw teams like the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees all lose on a day that the Orioles had off, which is huge. It uh, gives them, well, I say huge, uh, but it puts another half-game lead for the Orioles there where we currently lead the Red Sox by four games going into Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we are in San Diego, nine-game West Coast road trip coming up. Uh, we've got Tuesday night starting at 10:10. 10, 10, so make sure you drink your coffees, take a nap, stay up late. Or you could be like me and Joshua, we just check our phones in the middle of the night Uh, after the games are already over to see the results. Um, And then Wednesday, they they do us a little bit of a favor and they give us a 3.40 p.m. start here on the uh, East Coast. Um, Two games in San Diego, four games in Seattle where we will not see Felix Hernandez, at least according to the uh, current pitching projections um, that they have on ESPN.com. But we do have to face Hisashi Iwakuma on Sunday uh, scheduled to start for the Mariners on Sunday. You might remember that he no-hit the Orioles last year. Uh, and then the rest, rest of the road trip wraps up in Los Angeles against the National League Dodgers Three games against the Dodgers. Again, Monday and Tuesday are night games, starting at 9:10 and 10-10, respectively. But then on Wednesday, they throw us a bone. They get us starting at 3:10 p.m. in the afternoon, which uh, we are all big fans of here. So uh, just to touch on those games briefly, and then uh, Josh and I really got into a good conversation about the uh, All-Star game coming up and the voting. I think we're okay. Okay, I just hit record now. And I'm sorry about that. I was so excited sorry. to get started. Um, um, okay, so uh, let's say that wraps you, up,
1: huh?
0: Yeah, well, I was just we can just continue with. Did you see the all star voting updates? The no, Eagles this weekend with the homestand did a big push on the Jumbotron and the Trout uh, not Trout Trumbo t shirts on Sunday to really push to get Trombo into the all star game.
3: Where do we stand right now? You have it in front of you? Yeah, I
0: do. We've got Chris Davis is third among first basemen. Okay. Uh, Manny Machado is first by about 600,000 okay. votes above Donaldson. So he's a lock
3: with one week left. Yeah, I would think Machado's, so. I, Machado's I was, a lock. I was worried you were going to tell me the, the uh, margin had narrowed between him and Donaldson, but I still think that's a that's pretty much a lock.
0: Uh, that is. Then uh, we've got no, no shortstop, no second base, no DH. Although d- Matt d- Wieders, scope,
3: scope has had the most ridiculous month so far. Uh, not has, that it, not it, if it gets him in the All-Star game, but it's worth noting. No, he's not, he's not a national name yet. Yeah. And we talked
0: a lot of time about how this All-Star voting is a, a popularity contest. Oh, of course. Catching Matt Wieters is number two, but he is two million votes behind 2,600,000 votes behind. Now, is that behind Salvador,
3: the Kansas City catcher?
0: Salvador Perez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that locked. He's the lead-in vote-getter uh, in the American League. Okay. Even above David Ortiz. Sure. In the outfield, we got Mike Trout, Jackie Brownlee Jr., Mookie Brett, Lorenzo Kane, then Mark Trumbo. Okay, all right. So, Trumbo's about, uh, what is that, 200,000? Out of third place.
3: And there's three days left?
0: Uh, next Tuesday, I believe. Oh, okay. It okay. okay. So about a week out, until, at least till they announce.
3: Sure. What, I've been yeah. saying, like, for months that Adam Jones was going to be a lock, but that's starting to look foolish now.
0: Yeah, he's uh, number 13.
3: Okay, never mind. I take that back.
0: <laughs> he's got 726,000 votes. All right.
3: All right. I mean, I he's still worry, a popular a- guy, but yeah. And he's been another guy who's been red hot this month since putting I mean, him in the leadoff spot.
0: Yeah, he's a, he deserves to be higher. He's had a great series. That game that we went to Saturday night with Tillman, whatever the as far as the bats went, Adam Jones is the guy who saved that game by a dive and catching the outfield that saved at least three runs. Oh yeah. the scoreboard.
3: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so uh, let me get this straight then, because. Uh, Machado's a lock. The, so the top ones are Machado with a lock. Uh, yeah. Weeders is currently at number two in the catcher not gonna spot. Go. Not going to go. Not going to start. No fan vote. Right. And Davis is at number three, still fairly far behind. And Trumbo yes. is on the verge. All right, here's my opinion, though. If, um, you know, guys like Davis, Trumbo, and Weeders at least are not most likely, unless something happens dramatically in these votes, uh, totals, they're not going to start. But, number two, at least for Matt Wieters, what other catchers in the American League are going to get selected as backups? I mean, do you th- still think Weeders goes?
0: Yeah, I think Wieters could go. And I think Trumbo's, um,
3: Trumbo's definite, too, regardless of whether he gets voted to start or not.
0: I would, ass- I would assume Trumbo is at least in the Home Run Derby. Mm-hmm. I would think he gets that invite. Uh, the problem with the backups, the trickiness becomes, you know, the rule of one player from each team. Mm-hmm. So it's balancing that out. Yeah, yeah. I think what what works for the Orioles is we're still going to have three or four all-stars because I think Brad Brock and Zach Britton go as our pitchers. Maybe Chris Tillman because those guys are all out the hot starts. And for some reason, fans don't vote on pitching.
3: Right. Yeah, that's always been the case. Um the game is in San Diego at the Padres Ballpark, Petco Park. Does that mean the pitchers have to bet?
0: We'll be tonight.
3: Uh,
0: no. I believe uh, you should have asked me this before we started recording. <laughs> but I believe it is your choice. Okay. Like American League plays with the D H National League plays without. That doesn't make sense, though.
3: Well, and I apologize for not asking that beforehand, but had this been a normal show where we're in our studio and not on the Skype call, this would be the perfect opportunity for the intern to look it up for us later. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking right now that uh, the the voting actually ends on uh, Jul- June 30th, which is uh, Thursday. So we don't have over the weekend 3 three 36ers. Okay. If you want to get those last-minute votes in from Mark Trumbo, Adam Jones, Chris Davis... And Matt Weiders, And if you just want to put a little insurance on that Manny Machado start, go ahead and get those votes in. And I say that facetiously because I have not voted a single time myself.
0: And in 2010, they changed the all-star rule so that it's always with a DH. Okay, fair enough. There you go. Which I guess makes sense. You want to show off your stars. Well, and- <laughs> There's only a handful of pitchers you'd want to show off Baden.
3: Now that I've th- now that I think about it, it makes sense because isn't We're
0: voting for the D yeah,
3: <laughs> David Ortiz is yes. leading it. Yes. So the answer to that question was right in front of our faces this whole time. So uh, that's why you tune into section three three six to get that kind of hardcore information, especially when right. yes. the, get the obvious answers. The endearing stuttering Matt Sroka is not here to uh, captain the ship. Um that, so that might have frustrated him. <laughs> yeah. He'd be calling us a bunch of knuckleheads right, right about now. Um so, this uh, West Coast road trip starts tonight in San Diego. We're recording this before the Tuesday night game is played at 10.10 10 p.m. tonight. So, I think I will be having a large coffee around 8 o'clock tonight. Try and stay up at least for the first few innings. Because typically, I'm dozing off by 9.30 on a good night. Um, tonight, Abaldo Jimenez gets another start. He, uh, he was decent in his spot start uh, last week. When we basically well, had it, we had no choice but to give him another start. It's a full rematch.
0: It's Jimenez versus Johnson, just like it was in Baltimore.
3: Oh, very good. And that is, uh, I believe, his name is Eric Johnson, uh, yeah. the uh, he's, Padres pitcher.
0: Yeah, he's doesn't have a win. I think he's like zero 7 0 five, according he's to here. ESPN. 0-5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not been a great pitcher for them, but he. I remember watching him, and he looked good at first. We were a little worried. But the Orioles eventually got to him. It's nice that we've now seen this guy uh, just a few days ago, so we get to go back at him.
3: Yeah, just uh, back on June 22nd. So that was six six days ago, less than a week ago. Right. Uh, Last Tuesday. He only lasted four innings in that game, gave up nine hits, six earned runs, two home runs. Um, so uh, hopefully this will be a chance. Again, the Orioles can jump all over this guy early. Um Baldo gave up one run in the first inning against San Diego last week and then straightened himself out, ended up giving up only two earned runs over six innings before Brock and Britton took over the reins from there. I, I would love to just have a rematch of last week. Uh, same game and same result. We won that game 7-2. to two. Uh, Get the first one out of the way. Again, San Diego's not a very good ball club. Uh, we should trample a little over them the same way we did in Tampa Bay, but the wild card here, Josh... Is the pitchers have to bet?
0: <laughs> I even with our all star conversation, I did not that did not strike me until just now. Yeah, yeah, I saw Which your eyes light explain, up on the Skype. <laughs> yeah, because I'll get excited. Well, Jimenez, not so much. There's some other pitchers I'd like to see bet. Bud Norris was always a fun guy to bat.
3: Sure. Well, and he had a... So, oh, no, he didn't have mine. I was going to say he had National League experience because he came from the Astros, but the Astros were in the American League at the time. Right. I, I still
0: get that confused no, five years he's, later. He's with the Braves, so he's getting some bats there, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
3: But uh, it, it's fun.
0: I well, It also makes me wonder if that's why we brought up another lefty, I guess. I mean, we brought up McFarland We're bringing McFarlane up
3: today. Yes, McFarlane's back. Um, so, I mean, wasn't Tolliver a lefty though? I mean, Tolliver's the guy so. who went down. Um, I don't know.
0: It's interesting because McFarland hasn't looked good in Baltimore. No, he, he hasn't. came up for the doubleheader. He did not look good then.
3: Um, I mean, he so got, got the win. He got means. the win, but he was just because he was the beneficiary of all the hits that came. You yes, know, that come from behind victory. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might have something to do with. I mean, he's got more experience than Asher Tolliver on the major league level. And, I mean, maybe the at-bats had something to do with it. I don't know. It is only two games right now in San Diego. The bigger threat comes uh, starting next Monday on the 4th of July where we go to the Los Angeles Dodgers for three games who are a good team um, with at least Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, um, is the bigger concern. But, uh, you know, I, the biggest thing that annoys me about the National League and the interleague play is just the eight you only have to retire eight guys yeah that there's always that but then your number eight patter becomes so much more important uh I mean you might as well they put somebody like Flaherty at number eight because they got uh Jimenez batting next or Giovanni Gallardo batting next after that I don't know it'll be interesting well um it means we'll see Pedro get one at bat Nolan Ryan get one at bat. Yes, yep, yep. A lot of pinch hitters, especially late in the game, um, but I, that would be a, a huge reason for getting an early lead off a guy like Eric Johnson, who's prone to giving up a lot of runs in short outings. Um, you get you get yourself a five, six, seven run lead, you know, by the third, fifth, fourth, fifth or sixth inning, you you can afford to let those guys cruise, you know, give them the automatic outs here and there. Um, but uh, after that, we have the two games in Seattle. After that, four games in Seattle. Sorry, two in San Diego, four in Seattle. Four in Seattle. Yep. Um, according to ESPN, we do not get um, Felix Hernandez at all. Um, That'll be good. It's still some time
0: off to – it seems hard to play four games and not get – Felix Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. So there could easily be an adjustment where we get them Sure. I mean, my but Seattle's a decent team. They're 500 ball right now. Yes. They're kind of struggling. What's amazing is that the Texas Rangers have been playing so well that Seattle at 500 is 11 and a half games out of it.
3: Wow. In second place or third place? Third
0: place. Okay. Houston in second place is 10 and a half. Wow. Texas That's has how a huge we... lead. Yeah. Right, that's what we got to do in this American League. Yeah, we need to make make out a lead like that where Texas can sit back,
3: uh, especially going into the All Star break. Uh, you know, like you said, we have a four and a half game lead over the Red Sox right now going into Tuesday night. That's great, um, but that's to me that's not enough. And and because of this West Coast road trip, um, there is the chance that four and a half game lead could dwindle significantly between now and the All Star break, or if they step know. up to step up to the occasion, we could go and all our break with close to ten game lead. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The, I was going to say this about Seattle, Josh. My biggest concern is who's scheduled to pitch on Sunday afternoon. Um, for one thing, Jimenez is scheduled to start again for the Orioles, but for the Seattle Mariners, Hiroshi, H- ha, no, it Has- Hasashi Iwakuma who we all remember fondly as the pitcher who no-hit the Orioles last year. Uh, do you see a repeat performance of that on Sunday? No way. There's
0: <laughs> no way we go into there not prepared for this guy. This guy made us look like a fool last year. You <laughs> don't get away with that twice.
3: He's currently 6-6 six and, and six with a 4.45 ERA, but you never know. He might have that touch where we can't even get the, the bat on the ball on Sunday.
0: No way. I think Ubardo's start on Sunday is still up in the air, depending on how he pitches tonight. Agreed.
3: I agree completely. I I would like nothing more than to see him continue to improve, get on the upswing a little bit. But if he struggles tonight, if he only pitches two thirds of an inning and gives up six runs, they're going to find somebody else. They're going to yeah, Vance Worley will be coming back next Sunday or next Monday. Uh, Sunday. Yeah, guarantee on that. Um, just real briefly before we get into uh the next segment, I I just want to remind everybody that we have uh these nine games on the West Coast, three more back at home against the Angels, that's twelve total before the All Star Break. So uh we're coming down the home stretch. Then and, and I think the way they schedule it now, the All Star break not the home
0: stretch. We're going down the halfway.
3: Well but that's the all star break. Right, right, right. Um and I think the way they schedule it, the All-Star break isn't exactly halfway anymore. Like, I think it's no. later in the year. Uh, what are we, 45 and 30? That's 75 games. So sometime while we're out in the West Coast, we're actually going to hit the, the middle mark of uh, 81 games. Um, and then we got a few more. So we'll be a little more than halfway when we get to the All-Star break, uh, where a few of the Orioles will be going back to San Diego. Do you see the pictures? I think uh, Tyler Wilson tweeted a picture of a couple of the guys went to the San Diego Zoo yesterday. Um, I didn't see. Uh, I think it was him and Adam Jones, Joey Rickard, one other guy. They took their picture in front of the zoo and tweeted it out. Um, and everyone was saying, oh, I love these guys. It's so good to see these guys um, enjoying themselves on their day off out on the West Coast. But part of me was thinking that is only because we're coming off a four-game sweep, we're in first place, 15 games over five hundred. If we had a series against the Rays like we did against the Astros where we didn't score any runs, we struck out 52 times, I guarantee the Oriole Twitterverse will be screaming at their computer, typing out uh, tweets like, shouldn't you guys be in the batting cage? Why aren't you guys practicing? You know, it, it's funny how the, uh, at least that's my line of thinking uh, where I would be going with it. But the the emotions can swing just based on how the team is doing and and they deserve a day off. They should go to the zoo and see all the animals. Good for them. Keep winning baseball games. That's all we really care about. Mandy uh, laughs at me
0: when I watch the Orioles because she says, I'm either excited and say they're doing great, or I say they all suck and they're horrible team. <laughs> but there's no middle ground.
3: Yes, we've seen your tweets, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and one more thing. You, uh, call you me don't call- want to talk
0: about this rumor, do you?
3: Call me crazy, Josh, but... Twitter was blowing up this afternoon when I was at work about Bud Norris maybe coming back to the Orioles. Was that just because he had one good outing? He had that, one good outing at in Atlanta. But but I'm asking you though, is that because there's actual rumors and talking or is that because our good friend Ryan Blake just had a hot take one afternoon and wrote a blog post about it and that's the only meat behind it? Or is there really something going on to this?
0: Bud Norris had a really good out-in this weekend. He pitched seven innings of four-hit ball with eight strikeouts against the Mets. That's my big bad He's got Bud. a two fifteen ERA in his last five starts. Good for him. So that, that good Bud Norris that we all liked is kind of showing that he might be coming back.
3: And that's and for he, the worst team in baseball in the Atlanta Braves right now.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see. I, I'd love to have him back. If he's pitching like that. He's better than Uboto. I do. I see the Orioles getting him back. I do not. I think he goes to Miami.
3: <laughs> well, I. Uh, I mean, I don't really see it happening either. But I will say I am all for it happening, and I would love to see it happen. And of course, I then th- your jerseys are all worth. I still more. get to wear. I still wear my Bud Norris jersey all the time, regardless that he's not even on the team anymore. And my question then would be: Does he then have to pay? Uh, Hyunsu Kim to get the number 25 jersey back or do I need to then order a brand new uh, uh, jersey for Bud Norris whatever number he picks I don't know uh, I know I'm going to say he's going to have to pay a lot if he wants that back because we've all learned
0: Kim is stubborn he is stubborn if it's going to help the team <laughs> by going down the triple A he's not going down the triple A no. there's no way he gives up number 25 even if it doesn't mean anything to him
3: and I don't even know what Bud like But I think he wears number 20 in Atlanta right now. Um, So maybe he would have wanted number 20 when he played for the Orioles, but they weren't going to give it to him. Obviously, it's Frank Robinson's retired number. So maybe he's got another number that is really his go-to, that's his lucky jersey number from college or something. I don't know. If the intern, again, was here, I'd have him look up what Bud Norris's college jersey number was. But uh, we'll be back in studio soon enough and put the world's worst intern to work for us um now norris was picked up by atlanta this summer this winter
0: yeah is that a one-year deal multi-year deal
3: Uh, i i do not know (laughs) okay uh i'll find out for you uh next week
0: (laughs) all right there's some homework for you
3: there you go and more more homework for the intern if he if you were here uh all right let's move on to a segment we've uh we've touched on this uh for a couple weeks now, obviously we're on a Skype call today. Uh, Matt is in Africa. I'm heading down to Florida for a few weeks, um, starting very soon, and we are we are not stopping this Section Three Three Six uh, program for you. We are always weekly. We're always going to be here. Um, but uh, Josh very well can't do them by himself. We'd like to have some guests, some uh, guest hosts, and as we've heard it. It doesn't take a whole lot of talent to be able to podcast. Anyone can podcast. We've asked listeners for 336ers to send us short audio segments um, via email to section336podcast at gmail.com. Keep sending them to us because we've gotten a couple in already. Folks who We're only playing the good ones. We are only, only going to play the good ones here on the show. And we did get a very good one this week by one of our good friends, one of our favorite Twitter followers in Guadzilla, who uh, I believe Guadzilla is a Chicago guy, isn't he?
0: I don't know. He's I'm, on Twitter. I'm pretty He's sure
3: is a Chicago on, guy. On Twitter, everyone's in Baltimore. That's true. So even even if Guadzilla gets to uh, participate in the show, he also may be a Skype. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll get more information from him. But he sent us a great entry, and Josh is going to play that for us right now. Orioles
1: magic. Heard after Orioles' victories, this song is beloved by O's fans everywhere. Written 36 years ago, Orioles' magic, Feel It Happen, remains a staple of this ball club. But what does it really say about our team? I'm here to break this song down and see what this Orioles anthem really says. So, let's dig in, line by line. magic every time you go. Alright, we're 12 seconds in and we've already hit problems. Show of hands, who out there has seen magic every time they've gone? Now put your hand down, you liar. I went to 12 games before I saw the Orioles win. 12! You make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball the fact that I have to make the magic happen is a lot of pressure. The only thing I want to make at the ballpark is a decision about whether I'm getting pork or turkey at Boog's Barbecue. When the game is close,
3: and the yokes are hot,
1: there's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they've got. No jokes here. Rest in peace, Wild Bill. You're an inspiration to us all. Now, what does that really say about our team? If every game has a different star, you don't have any stars. We don't have a guy we can count on every night. What we have is a lottery. You know, just in case you didn't know how to spell it.
3: Magic, 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 magic.
1: Something magic happens. Every time you go. Every time is a bit of an overstatement. At time of recording, the Orioles have a 1492 win, thirteen hundred and ninety-six loss, three tie regular season record at home since the song was released. Really? Something magic happens about 51% of the time. Oh, yeah, you heard me right. There were three ties in there. I didn't even know that was possible. Maybe that's the magic they're alluding to? It's hard to say. You know, I paid to get into this stadium. If I'm really the one making the magic happen, I shouldn't have given you $20 to do it.
4: When moves, when we score the runs, nothing could be more exciting,
2: nothing could be more fun.
1: That's not even the most fun you can have involving Earl Weaver. On September 17, 1980, Earl Weaver famously got in a shouting match with umpire Bill Haller, and I watch it every day on YouTube for inspiration. Between you and the team. Better not tell your wife about that.
3: You're the reason we, win, when we win, and you know what the magic is
1: Alright man. If you say that I'm the reason, I'm going to be the reason. Somebody get me a bat. I'm pinch hitting. I'm sorry, what was that? Wait, I'm sorry. What was it that you wanted me to feel? One more time! So, that's the long and short of it. We support a team that requires supernatural magic to win, has no consistent stars, and can only win if the fans somehow will it to be so. Look, don't get me wrong... I love this song, but just like every decision made by the Orioles' front office, it's the job of all of us to review it critically. Tune in next week when I break down the Kim Hyun Soon theme song. Take it easy, Birdland.
3: Oh, man, the only thing... I I think Godzilla needs to come on the show because I need a breakdown of the uh, Kim Hyun-soo Kim theme song. Like, there's got to be more lyrics to it that might be near and dear to Hyun-soo's heart, you know, why he chose that song. Um, He's going to have to break that down for me because I need to know. But see, I think
0: we don't need him to break it down. That might be some work for us. We need some English... American lyrics
3: for the song. <laughs> nah, nah, nah 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 Uh something about his own bass percentage, because that guy gets on bass like it's his job. And it's so crazy. It's ugly, but he gets on. Yeah, yeah. That that works for me, man. Uh, you know, we we talked about it in almost every episode that we recorded from Sarasota this past March where we had our eyes on Hyun Soo Kim. He played almost every game that we attended, I think if not all three of them, where he went hitless in all three of them. I think he went 0 for 36 or something ridiculous like that before he finally got a hit. Um, And now it's a complete opposite, and you know we've touched on him quite a bit, but uh, I am nothing but thrilled for the way Hyun Soo Kim is playing baseball right now for the Orioles, and I hope he keeps it up. Um,
0: Thank you, Godzilla. And if anyone else wants to send in their entries, email them to section336podcast at
3: gmail.com. Absolutely. Keep them coming. We got got some slots to fill in the coming weeks uh, while some of your favorite hosts are unavailable. Um, Josh, do we have a song for three up, three down?
0: I don't think we do. Don't we? I don't know. I can hit this. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool.
3: Everything is awesome when it's three up. That works this way. (laughs) Now, uh, and then when we do three down, it's got to be like, everything is crappy. Uh, Three up, three down. We have a sad version of that, right? (laughs) Um, This is our segment where each one of your hosts, Matt, Josh, and Bert, uh, will give you three up, three positive things for the week, and then three down, three negative things from the week. Since the endearingly stuttering Matt Soroka is not here, we will have to go for two up, two down. Um... I don't know how much sense that makes, but we're going to go for it. Uh, Josh, let me start with a positive, because I've got an up. You know what? This is like softball when you start one and one. Okay, there you go. Uh, something like that. Uh, my up this week has to do with a couple of the games that I've attended recently. Uh, I, I talked about it on last week's show where I went on Father's Day, and they gave away the Newsboys cap, and uh, I got an extra one for you. And then this past Saturday night, I uh, got there early enough to get the Orioles' batting practice pullover, which if you were on the Skype call, you can see I'm wearing right now. Uh, three up, uh, positive for the Orioles and their recent giveaways, and they've still got plenty more great ones up ahead. Uh, Sunday they gave away the Trumbo jer- uh, t-shirts. Um, A-plus Lame. for these giveaways. Uh, the The thing is, though, Josh, at least for these good ones, they're not They're not joking around. you got to get there early if you want to get one.
0: Yeah, I did not get the Batum practice pulled over.
3: Yeah, and I got there.
0: I, I, I got there pretty early, too.
3: I got there. I think, I think 30 I was minutes a, in. I was an hour early, and it was for the first 20,000 fans. And as I was going through the uh, metal detector, I could see the ticket taker ahead of me, and she had a small stack of maybe six of them left in her hand, and there were no more boxes at her feet. So... I I think I got one of the last ones, at least in the section that I walked through. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you see something ahead on the schedule for the promotions that you want, uh, you have to get there early or forget about it. Um, What about you, Josh? I've got the Newsboys
0: hat, and I like it, but I never wear it because I assume you'll be wearing it, and it'd be awkward if we're the two guys in Newsboys hats.
3: (laughs) Yes, I did wear it to quite a few games following that. I've been to three games just this week. yeah, I, yeah, it's been a fun week. I'm a big fan of the Newsboy cap. Uh, it, it definitely, uh, um, I like the TV show Peaky Blinders on Netflix, and it reminds me of that, so I'm a big fan. Um, so yeah, A and plus like, for the giveaways.
0: And I like that the upcoming giveaways, the anniversary t-shirt and the Manny Gnome are all fans. Yes. Those, so those are,
3: thats I like
0: all fan giveaways.
3: All fans, everybody walking in the door gets one, no matter your age, no matter your gender. You're getting one. Hey, uh, and that reminds me, we should tell everybody, um, Matt, again, is in Africa, but you and I will be there next Friday night for the 1966 World Series 50th anniversary. There's going to be a pregame ceremony. They're giving away a T-shirt. So, uh, I don't know, maybe we can talk after the show. We should maybe set something up because I bet there'll probably be a lot of 336ers attending that game. It's a Friday night. Um, Maybe we can meet up with everybody and give away... What do we have? Business Iron cards? Manny. <laughs> I got an
0: Iron man bobblehead. Got one of them.
3: Oh, there you go. Hey, that might entice some people. Um, and we got stickers. Lots of there you stickers. Go. Oh, that's right. We do have a of You want to know what my stickers. positive is? Yes, I want to hear your positive. Right. With the three up, three down. My
0: positive is the Boston Red Sox having a crappy week. They went 2-6 yes. and six in the last eight games. And yesterday was just fun. Because as Rodriguez gets blown up by the Tampa Bay Rays, Pedrora goes out and starts chewing them out on the mound, which caused the whole team to then have a team meeting last night. So they, they got a chance to implode. So That's right now awesome. my positive is the Red Sox. And I'm hoping that David Ortiz takes that bat to a few more telephones and that team implodes over the next couple weeks. <laughs>
3: I didn't know that about the uh, Pedroya Rodriguez thing, or even the team meeting. I'm gonna have to read up on that. Um, I've just been seeing them in the loss column, and that's been enough positive for me. But the fact that they could be seeing some implosion within the team and within leadership, I'm all for that. And and to be honest, I I I'm almost to the point where I'm more concerned about the Blue Jays than the Red Sox. And you're just further solidifying that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely I think the Red Sox are imploding. Good. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Three negatives. Again, Matt's not here, but I'll start with uh, just the fact that, uh, you know, we will bring you new content every week, even if that means doing a Skype call. I'm not the biggest fans of Skype podcasts. I think our listeners have probably listened to plenty of other podcasts who do the remote recording type thing every single week. And those kinds of podcasts almost become unlistenable after a while where we have a state-of-the-art studio in your house as a uh, benefit. And, um, and so while we will have to be forced to do this Skype thing occasionally, we're grateful that we don't have to do that. And we appreciate you bearing with us um, while we record remotely this week.
0: Well, what's easier to record, a Skype podcast or a, a live in a bar podcast?
3: <laughs> oh, is that something about our uh, knock at our Buffalo Wild Wings shows?
0: <laughs> um, well, I wasn't going to call out the place, but I was going to say, yeah, it's kind of hard to hear when we're on the opposite sides of the table sometimes.
3: Yes, yes. I a few uh, months ago, I suggested to Josh that we need to have the headphones for the Buffalo Wild Wings shows because Josh is sitting like four feet away from me, but I cannot hear him because it's so loud in the bar sometimes. Um, Yeah, I I would still take the Buffalo Wild Wings shows over the Skype calls, and I I hope the 336ers would agree with us on that.
0: I'm kind of dreading editing this tonight.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you got your homework cut out for you tonight. And my negative
0: is West Coast baseball. Yes. Which is strange because I'll be up late this week at this camp working late, so it actually is a positive for this week. But I go home on Friday afternoon. So Mm -hmm. when we have a weekend in Seattle with 10 o'clock starts, there's probably some 4 o'clock starts, but it's hard. I love to stay up. There's positives. The positives is the family goes to bed, so I can lay there and watch. The negative is I fall asleep with the TV on in the fourth inning. Then I wake up in the middle of the night to grab my phone, shut off the TV, and check the score. And then wake up in the morning wondering if it was a dream or if the Orioles
3: did win. <laughs> yeah, I do the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, and then you you wake up like, you know, if you're like me, sometimes the baby will wake me up or something. I'll wake up like two, three, four in the morning and then look at my phone. And then I get either really happy and I can fall right back to sleep or I get pissed off and then I can't fall back to sleep. And I, because I have to watch yeah, exactly. all the video highlights. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, I'm looking at the schedule here. Out of these nine games here on the West Coast, they actually were pretty good to us, at least as a fan base, because Wednesday is a day game at three forty East Coast time, and then we got two late nights, actually three late nights in Seattle, ten ten PM starts, but then the Sunday is a four ten PM start. And then Los Angeles, nine ten that's not too bad. Ten ten PM But then Wednesday is 3.10 p.m. So the last game of each of these series is a 3 to 4 o'clock game, um, which I think is prime perfect time to watch a baseball game on the East Coast. Um, You can listen to it on the radio on the way home. The game's over in time for primetime television. I'm all for it.
0: Who watches primetime television when it's actually supposed to be on? (laughs)
3: Well, yeah, and I say that, too, because uh, now that Game of Thrones season is over, there is literally literally no shows that I actually watch on television. Uh, It's all Netflix for me uh, this time of year. Yes. Um, All right, Josh, I think we are nearing a wrap-up time, and we haven't even gotten to the main segment of today's show. Our listeners who are loyal 336ers who've been with us Since the beginning, again, this is our fourth season uh, covering Orioles baseball uh, on a weekly basis, and uh, a year or two ago, we provided everybody with a non-sports episode where Matt spent almost the entire episode telling our listeners and telling me and Josh about the time he spent in Africa, I believe it was a whole summer, three or four months. No, that was when he went for a year, wasn't it, Josh? six months six months in Africa six months, and right before he was supposed to come home um I don't want to spoil it but he may or may not have actually died in Africa um so you'll have to listen to him tell it in his own words we provided it here on this week's segment or this week's episode as its own segment we hope you will enjoy it keep uh, all of your thoughts and prayers with Matt while he is halfway across the world in Tanzania Africa doing some good work and uh, he'll be back with us before you know it. But until then, enjoy this uh, story time.
4: I just want to say the story I'm about to tell you, boys and girls, is 100% true. Buckle up. I do not. I'm not making up a single lick of this. As best as I rec- I can recall, this story is 100% true. Um, the capital, the the Annapolis capital, hometown Annapolis, wrote an article on, on, on this about this story. Um. So you can verify it even though the reporter was frankly kind of rude to me and she made a couple inaccurate errors. Like she kept on saying how much of an idiot I was and how I must have never been a Boy Scout for all the trouble I got myself into. Well, to be fair, you were never a Boy Scout. I was never a Boy Scout. And uh, to be fair,
0: there are some things that you did like that were – you could be classified as idiotic.
4: Right, but after coming through this experience – and being alive, one should just be grateful alive and, and just be impressed by my story, not just critique all the things I did wrong. But I'll let you all, all right. be the judge. All right. So, so let's start. I was there for six months, my first time there. The last couple days, like this Village Schools International is pretty intense, but the last couple days, they let you be they let you be a tourist. So I had like two days to be a tourist. So I went on a safari the first day. And the second day, we explored the major city of Tanzania. Which how, is,
0: how was the safari? Pretty cool. I went on a safari in Zambia, and it was lame. Because really? Zambians eat all the animals, so there were barely any animals.
4: Oh, no. That wasn't true when we were in Tanzania. Um, I was actually... We were actually following a mama elephant and her baby, and at one point, the mom elephant turned around, and we were maybe 50 yards away, so we were a good bit away, but the mom elephant turned and, and charged at us. like That's... Like, full-on charge at us, and, and, and like a full-on run, and I literally had like... One foot out the door, ready to run. And our safari guy said, don't move, don't move, don't move. Right, because you would be faster than whatever Jeep or whatever you were in. Right, but the Jeep wasn't moving. Like he was, okay. it was in park, it wasn't going anywhere. So he said, nobody move." And so the elephant ran, stopped like maybe five feet in front of our Jeep and just stood there. And like the elephant and I had a bit of a stare off. <laughs> he stared down me, I stared down him or her, I should say. it was a It was a mother. Um, and it, it was, and it it seemed like an hour, but it was probably like two minutes. And then slowly, the mother turned around and started walking back. And we turned our jeep and started driving back. And then not not two minutes after this event, like I'm horrified. I'm really horrified. Two minutes after this event happened, um, the safari guys like, "How about we go try to find a lion?" I'm thinking, "This is out in the wild. I right. don't want to." And then we found a carcass. And then we started going off these like these muddy roads. I'm afraid we're gonna get stuck looking for this lion. I'm like, "This is. I don't want to do this. This is." Let me go to a zoo in America where I see a lion caged up. This is my, insane. Or my, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> my Disney's
0: Animal Kingdom exactly. My safari was uh, was about like one step above Disney Animal Kingdom. I got face to face like we're the distance of Bert and I with a wild hyena, but there was a fence in between us. Really? Yeah.
4: What fence is doing in a safari?
0: Because in Zambia, if they don't fence them in, the people eat them. Poachers. So the only animal I saw Poachos in the wild were like <laughs> cows and uh, a zebra. I saw one zebra. Oh, and monkeys. Lots of monkeys.
4: Yeah. Well, you see, I saw monkeys. You don't have to go to a safari to see a monkey. Uh, let's, just, get to, let's get to the story. Just come to the, just come to the podcast. I see the intern every week. Oh! <laughs> All
3: right.
4: <laughs> so it was it was my I, it was my last day in Tanzania. The next day, I was going on a flight 8 a.m. I was flying back to America. Um. And I, and so I had I had this one day to explore the capital of, of Tanzania, Dar es Salaam. And so part of exploring, and I'm with I'm with two other quote unquote friends. Like I just met them because we were all flying back together to America, but they really weren't friends. But we were all together, so I guess you will not call us friends. Um, Lisa and Mike uh, were, the, were the name of the two people. Nice people. And so we all decided to go to this um, off the island of Tanzania. Like you take a boat like a few miles off the coast of Tanzania to this uninhabited island where you kind of you're supposed It's like a full day thing where you you lay on the beach. They they catch crabs and fish and you get ca- crabs and fish on this uninhabited island and you just kind of hang out and chill. The name of the island is called Bongoyo Island. So we went out to this Bongoyo Island and we kind of just hung out, and part of the island is it's like it's it's part beach and it's part jungle, and so we, we started to walk out on the jungle part of this island. Um, I'm with me and my two friends, and then my two friends said, "You know what? We're kind of tired of walking. We want to go back to the we want to go back to the beach." And you can find this place actually. If You want to look up Bongo Island. You can find this actual place where I was, where this incident happened. And so my two friends walked back to the beach. I say. I want to continue working, and you have to understand. I want to continue walking through the jungle. You have to, you have to uh, consider what's going on in my head right now. I, I'm thinking about this is my last day in Tanzania. I want to, I want to experience Tanzania. I want to venture. I want to explore. So my friends can go back and lay on the beach, beach bums. I'm gonna go explore, and so I continue to head out. And, and here's where maybe my my Boy Scout instincts don't kick in. I walk out, when I'm walking around exploring, I don't have any shoes on. I just have, I literally just have a t-shirt on and shorts. Where, where were your shoes? I left the shoes on the beach. All right. Where I was just your? just walking around the island. Where was your passport? All that was left on the beach. I had a bag with my passport, all that stuff was left on the beach. Um, my friends were watching it, uh, so I thought they would take care of it. I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I thought I was just going for a walk on the island. I didn't think it was a big deal that I didn't have my backpack okay. or my shoes. So I continue walking around. And then I eventually walk off off the path. Like there's a path that goes to the island. And here's my second mistake. I start to walk off the path, which I probably shouldn't have done. But again, I'm just kind of, I'm seeing, I'm looking for animals in the forest. I'm having a good old time. And then I walk kind of off the, the major part of the island and go into the beach. And so I'm walking around on the beach and I'm looking at, like, I'm, again, I'm having a good time I'm seeing crabs. I'm seeing eels in the water there, in the shallow water. I'm seeing starfish. Like, really, I'm taking a lot of awesome pictures. I have my friend's camera. I'm taking sweet pictures. I'm having a great time. And I continue to walk around the island. But then, something begins to fundamentally change with this island. Like, it goes from being beach to island to beach to cliff to island. So, it's like a 10-foot cliff. Um, But again, it's cool, whatever. I'm walking around. And kind of my ultimate goal is to walk around the island and meet back up with my friends on the beach. Because I don't... And and in retrospect, I didn't realize how big this island was, like how long this island was. But it's actually a fairly long island. Um, so I'm walking around just kind of hoping at some point I, I see my friends. But again, I'm having a good time. I'm seeing all these fish. I'm seeing crabs. I'm seeing all these cool animals in, in the water. Eels kind of freak me out, but I see a lot of eels. It's kind of creepy. And actually, at one point, there was a lot of crabs. which kind of freaked me out as well. Um, but at any rate, I'm still having a good time. I'm walking around. But then something starts to happen the tide starts to rise and so the tide is like at my knees and I can't get back on the island because there's this cliff so I think oh that's kind of annoying but again I'm not freaking out yet I'm still just walking around looking for my friends but then like rather quickly the tide rises higher and higher and higher until before I know it the tide is over my head and I am swimming and it, like it almost That's happens so funny. fast to where I'm swimming, and I now realize this is I'm in a really bad position here. Oh, like I have no way to get back on the island. I'm swimming, um, and there's really there's no way to get back on the island. And meanwhile, to be honest, for the first part of it, I'm swimming like with one arm because I'm trying to hold my friend's camera up out of the water because I don't want to mess, I don't want to ruin my friend's camera. And so eventually, I realize. It's either me or the camera. One of us has to go. Sorry, camera. So I chuck the camera onto the island. I say, if I can, if I can, we'll go back for it later. And I chuck the camera onto the island and just start swimming. And a couple of things are happening while I'm swimming, right? What you have to keep in mind: the the waves are crushing me against this cliff of the island and kind of pull me back out. So I'm kind of being tossed like a a ragdoll, a ragdoll, against the against the island and then back out. Against the island and back out, and and if the if the tide's coming up,
0: that means the sun's got to be going down.
4: Yeah, you know, at this point it was probably I don't know, I didn't have a watch on, but it's probably like one o'clock, maybe two oh, o'clock. Okay. All right, so it wasn't it wasn't getting evening yet. Like I still have plenty of time to meet up with my friends because we were both supposed to go back to the mainland around four o'clock. So I, I'm swimming, and a couple other things you have to keep in mind: not only being tossed like a rag doll, but every time, or or often when I'm tossed to the bottom of the seafloor, because the wave tossed me against the wall and tossed me to the bottom of the seafloor, like, my feet are are landing on the seafloor, and they're full of these black sea urchins, oh, these yeah. black things with spikes. Yeah. And for literally weeks after, I was pulling these spikes out of my feet. Because they just got stuck up there. Very painful, because I had bare feet. And so this is all happening. And eventually it gets to the point where... It's not even tossing me against the ocean floor anymore. Like, I'm just straight swimming. I'm just straight swimming. And I'm not a great swimmer. I'm a decent swimmer. And and it, and it gets to the point where um, I, I think I'm going to drown. Like, there's I see no possibility where I can get back on the island. And it's one of those points where where survivor instincts kick in. But it's also one of those points where you realize, like, it's almost unbelievable. but You realize, I, I could die out here. Like, I could die. I could drown to death here. Like, this is unbelievable. I'm away from my family, my friends. No one's going to really know what happens to me. And I'm thinking about all these thoughts. I'm thinking, I could die out here. And then something kicks in where you, you, I'm not going to die. And you just keep on swimming. And even when you think you can't swim anymore, you just keep on swimming and swimming and swimming. And you would go, I would go around every kind of bend in the, in the cave or in the, in the, on the island, around every cliff. And I think, maybe there I'll see my friends and I'll see the beach. But I keep on swimming, 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 nothing, nothing. And I keep on swimming. Nothing. Right, have we run out of time? Should we should we pick up pick up the story next time? Ne- ne- next month. <laughs> next, next month. That's stay tuned.
3: So find out if Matt survives.
4: <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert: I survived. <laughs> so finally, I get to the point where I I, I literally can't think I can swim anymore, um, but I'm able to make it around one more bend before I give up. And 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 in that little there's like a little nook in the island. And then that little nook, like it rises, and there's a patch of beach. And so I'm able to swim to this patch of beach, and I'm able to kind of make it to this patch of beach and kind of sit and relax for a minute. But like I'm still not on the island yet. There's still this cliff in my way. And I sit there for a minute and then I realize the tide's starting to rise higher and higher, and soon this little patch of beach is going to be covered with water as well. But the cliff's a little bit lower, and from here I'm able to kind of climb the cliff and climb back onto the island so i make it back onto the island and here's where the story begins (laughs) (laughs) so i make it back on the island my feet are are in just atrocious pain and the island is made up of i don't know what it's made up of but it feels like kind of how like um, um like lava would harden like just sharp, jagged edges, no smooth rocks, no smooth rocks no whatsoever, no sand, no absolutely like jagged rock. And so my feet already in pain because of sea urchins. Um, I can't, I literally cannot walk on this rock. So I'm like crawling, I'm like crawling, and, and 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 I and I crawl, and I my my goal is to get back and find my friends. So I start to crawl through the island, and I make it about five feet in, maybe ten feet in. And the brush and the thorns are so thick that I can't make it through anymore. Yikes. Like, it's literally just, like, this is hard to imagine, but I literally couldn't go. Like, it sounds silly, but I couldn't go any further because everywhere, the brush, thorns were so thick. I was getting all scratched up, and I just couldn't go any further. And so I go back to to, to where I climbed up on on the island, and I kind of, there's a little precipice there, and I wait. And I think to myself, well, I should say, before I did that, when I climbed back onto the island... I I passed out like I took a nap <laughs> like I was literally just so exhausted I I fell over and I slept and when I woke up it looked like ju- judging from the sun you know the old I didn't have a, a a watch or a cell phone or anything but judging from the old sun you know the twelve o'clock one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock thing with the with the hand yeah um, it sundial it's we're a sundial. clocks the, no. old, the old sundial <laughs> he's talking about the sundial got, I'm talking yeah. about the, that sundial the sun looked like it was certainly on the on the decline I was guessing probably about three or four o'clock and so at this point, I wait. I go to the, the edge of the island. and I think to myself, we were supposed to leave about four or five. When they realize I'm not there, like this is an American gone missing in Tanzania. This is kind of a big deal. They'll send a boat around for me. My friends will let them know, and they'll send a boat around for me. So even at this point, I'm not stressing out because my friends will come look for me. Right, because you're American. I'm American. That's right.
0: They won't let an American
4: die. I'm American, gosh darn it. And, <laughs> and, and more than that, though, I wasn't thinking that much that I'm American, but I was thinking I was with two friends, and my two friends quote-unquote friends. My two friends will look up for me. And so I'm sitting, I'm waiting on the, edge, on, on the precipice. I'm waiting. And honestly, I, I'm waiting for a boat to come that I can wave down and hop on. And hopefully they'll have your shoes and your bag.
0: And passport and...
4: <laughs> and all those things, right? Right. But I mean, at this point, I'm not even thinking about the passport. I just want to get off this island and meet my friends again.
0: Well, this is probably a good time to look at what was going on in the United States at this time. Because what was going on back home is those friends had left the island and went and got help.
4: Oh, I want to clarify. One friend had left the island. The other friend stayed and looked for me all night. Okay. Really? Yes.
0: All right. So while well, looking... That's up, a smart move. Though. While looking, they could not find Matt. And they got the uh, U.S. diplomat involved. So the U.S. diplomat called to say that Matt was missing. And this was when my family was all excited because Matt's coming home in two days. So... It, the hard part was done. He was on vacation, and we get the phone call that he was missing. Now, my my family's not a globetrotting family. We don't have a bunch of maps in the house. I get the call while I'm at work, <laughs> and I get the call to come home and help my parents out. Because you can imagine how, how you would be as a parent if you were told your son was missing in Africa. So, Gigi, our mom, <laughs> says, we need a map. So... The only person that had a map in the house was Robin. So we go and grab Robin's map.
4: Robin, Rob- Robin is your sister.
0: Would yes, you my clarify? sister.
4: This is kind of cool. I don't know if I've ever heard the story in, in 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 fullness like this. So
0: we we all had we all took geography classes and stuff. So you would think we'd have a map in there. That's not where we had a map. You'd think maybe the internet, but it was a while ago and we didn't have a map there. The map that we had was robin's shower curtain which was a map <laughs> of the u.s so all Gigi knows all my parents know is matt is missing on an island off the coast of africa little tiny islands don't show up on a map that you wear as a shower that you hang in your. so it's a or, map
3: of the world not map a map of the u.s the no, you said u.s oh
0: sorry it was a map of the world and it's, the only island is madagascar it's the only island off africa in that map so he must be on madagascar uh or something that's not on this map so that so that no but island doesn't show up on most maps right so i have this distinct memory of laying out that shower curtain in the kitchen floor to figure out where matt is um and then um as time went on and they said all right we've searched for matt and they've they've told my parents and they've told uh your girlfriend emily yeah, yeah your wife and in okay. fact she,
4: she i think she was the emergency contact right, information so she got the first call and she was actually in the middle of taking her big nursing test that would decide if she was a nurse or not when she got the phone call and thankfully like she was already in the testing room so her, f- her phone was turned off um and so when she was driving home she listened to the message and saying you know this is the ambassador from America, right. tanzania yeah would that be mark, the mark of- green I, I'm not sure if, what his name was. It's probably changed. If there's if there's a picture, I mean, he was appointed uh,
3: August 23rd, 2007. Okay, the Maybe. ambassador to Tanzania.
4: Okay, it might have been him. Is there <laughs> is there a picture with it?
0: I can find it. I do remember that the only bad side about that voicemail from that Emily got is then because of the time difference, we couldn't get a hold of anyone to find out any more info. Right. And I remember, I do remember when I got to my parents' house. I remember Emily there upset. I remember my parents upset. When they said that you were probably dead, our dad took off,
4: like left the house. Did they use those words that he is probably dead? Were those words used? Yes,
0: that a shark
4: probably got you. <laughs> oh, a shark. I, you know, that's like actually a new theory to me. That, that I were worse ways to go. I heard pirates. Ooh. I heard puff adder
0: snakes. I think it was a shark. I don't remember. But here's what – and you know what? This might have been even before we Not were Not that tougher. I
4: want you dead – but pirates would have been the way to go. So how
0: would you handle this? These situation? aren't,
4: these, this is not, not Jenny Depp, pirates, Bert. Yeah. So right? Bert, Bert, Dude, combine the two, shark pirates.
0: Yes. So Bert, you, you know our dad. How would you handle if he ran out the front door of his house, running up and down the street, saying, Matt's dead, I know he's dead, Matt's dead, he's dead, he's dead, and crying and running up and down the stairs, the street, saying that his son is dead?
3: How would I handle him? Yeah, I would leave him alone because I'm then right. Well, see, that's his problem. Here's the
0: problem: I'm then there as the oldest son, having to deal with it and calm down my dad, calm down my mom, tell them all I'm sure man, it's fine. I'm sure God's in control. I, I, we just gotta wait. We just gotta sit here and look at this. He's gonna be curtain.
3: doubting Thomas until I see his body. He is alive. Right, dad.
0: Dad went in full panic mode. And I remember chasing him up the, up the street and getting him in. So that that's how things were at the U.S. So let's go back on the
4: island. So there I was <laughs> on oh, the precipice <laughs> in the evening time waiting for my boat to come. Needless to say, my boat never came. I never saw any help the entire night. And I and when it got dark, I realized, oh, crap, I'm going to spend the night out here. And I remember two th- two distinct thoughts going through my head. One, actually, three distinct thoughts. The first one, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. The second one was, I hope my, I hope they didn't call my parents because my parents would probably be freaking out.
3: That's probably right.
4: And the third, like I was, I was just, I hope they, did, my parents didn't find out because my parents probably think I'm dead or they're flipping out. my My third thought was, my flight left the next day at eight a.m. I wanted to get home. I miss my girlfriend. I miss my family. My flight left at eight a.m. I miss my 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 Orioles. I miss my baseball. My flight left at eight. My flight left at
3: eight a.m. I the Orioles game the next
0: day.
4: This was this was the end of May June.
0: The Orioles were in mid season.
4: Yeah, they were doing good till you got back. I know it's true too. I remember my parents caught my dad on saying how well they were doing, and so I said, "I'm getting off this island, all right." So I said to myself the whole night, and I spent the night out there on the island, and a couple of freaky things. It was like kind of the cartoons when you look in the forest and you see the the, the red and green eyes. And you're playing that music like it's a joke. <laughs> but I'm serious. I saw kind of the red, the green, the yellow eyes in the forest staring back at me. The uh,
0: that's the scariest thing in the world.
4: And then I would be sitting there. Like I didn't sleep because it's jagged rock. So there's no comfortable spot. My feet are aching. I'm freezing because I'm wet. I'm still a little wet. And the wind's blowing hard because I'm right on the edge. And it's loud because you can hear the waves crashing right beside me all night long. And every now and then I would feel something run across my legs. Like I didn't know what it was, like an island rat or something, but something large run across my legs. What's
3: that?
4: (laughs) And so I I was singing. I was literally singing gospel songs, Christian songs at the top of my lungs to keep the little animals away because when I was singing – the animal stayed away. And this is how I spent the night. The entire night. Um, but the whole night, as I was singing songs to keep the rats away or whatever it was away, I was, I was saying to myself, the second the sun rises, I don't care how much my feet hurt. I don't care how thick the brush is. I am getting off this freaking island. I am making my way back to this island. And I'm going to make my flight at 8 o'clock. So I wait all night the sun rises. I can see. And I take off through the island. I get about 15 feet in. I just can't go any further. Like There's no way. I just can't. I literally can't go any further. So I walk back to the edge of my island, dejected. And I sit there. And I wait. Hours go by. And then a fisherman comes by, a, tennis, a little fisherman in his little, little boat, a little fishing boat. And I have my shirt off, and I'm like, wave, I'm jumping up and down, I'm waving him down. And he gives me a big smile and a wave, and he keeps on going. <laughs> and I'm furious. Take me back to America! <laughs> I'm furious. But he actually, I actually said, um, I, I kept on shouting Swahili, I need help. Um, but he actually went and did get help. Uh, he he actually went and got help and got the boat that was around looking for me apparently, and then the motorboat came that was looking for me, and I was able to jump into the water and swim to the motorboat and hop into the motorboat, and they and they motored me back to to Tanzania. And it was it was like a scene out of um, what Castaway? That? Castaway, because I had not shaved for six months prior to this, <laughs> so I had, I really had like a full on beard, um, and as as I came back to to. To, to land. And coincidentally, out of all the strange African names, that fisherman's name was Bob Jones. <laughs> that is not true. Right. Captain Phillips. I, I, I never learned his name. But I am still, um, to this day, I'm still well remembered on Bengoyo Island as the boy who got lost. <laughs> and when I got home, uh, when I got back to Tanzania, the ambassador um, was waiting for me. And he, I remember this distinctly, weird memories that you remember so distinctly. I remember he offered to buy me breakfast. and I remember I was so hungry. And I remember I was so, like, I literally could not stop shaking, whether it was out of nerves or being cold or a little bit of both. I couldn't stop shaking. And so I asked for hot oatmeal. And I burnt my tongue so badly. <laughs> like, just the worst burnt tongue you can imagine. Because it was steaming hot. And I just took a big spoonful right away because I was so hungry and cold. Um, but at any rate, I did miss my flight. We had to take another flight a couple days later, and, um, and and I flew back, and now I have um, a really cool story to tell.
3: Well, and meanwhile, your dad was still pacing up and down the street yes. like
4: three days later.
0: Uh, it, was very, it was very awkward.
4: <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, one the, of the girls I was with, and, and the boy, bless his heart, the boy spent the whole night, my, my friend I was there with, spent the whole night running across the island, shouting my name but like i was right by the edge of the island where the cliffs were where the waves were crashing against the cliffs. so it was so loud that even if he was like 100 yards behind me i wouldn't be able to hear him so he the, stayed the out there so too loud. but he was like on the comfy side no no he stayed out there throughout the entire night looking for me with right. with other guys with other tanzanians with the search team with the search team the girl who was also there with her, she went to the back to the she went back to the mainland and she called and she started calling people right and that's how my parents found out i guess right. i don't i don't, i guess so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that worked. But so
3: there was this other guy and a group of Tanzanians looking, looking for me. you all night long,
4: all night long. And and then they said they sent the boat around the island multiple times and didn't find me. Well, I don't. I still don't was, know how that's
0: possible. Well, it was probably while you were passed out, you were napping, or on one of your I, uh, attempts to get through the brush.
4: I know, but I never got that far, and they were like motorboats, so I would think I would be able to hear them. But yeah.
0: but again, you said the crashing waves.
4: Yeah, it's true. I yeah, it's true. I'm not. I'm not saying that they weren't searching for me. Uh-huh. You're I'm saying suspicious. they were lying.
0: No one was. No one cared about the American.
4: I was a. Uh, oh, it's true. Like in the middle of the night, I remember thinking that like I'm pissed that no one's coming to find me. Like what the heck? <laughs> you thought you were a cool guy. Like I was kind of pissed at my friends. Aren't you supposed to find me? Isn't this what the heck? You know, now,
0: now that we've got the story down and we've got it recorded, yes. we, can, we need to start uh, selling the story. We need, we need a, um, a movie. Movie rights.
4: Movie rights. Hey-o. If you want to get in touch with, touch with a Steven Spielberg or J.J. J. Abrams. J.J. Um,
0: J. Abrams, there'll be some weird smoke monster in there at night <laughs> with you. Hey.
4: That's right. You think loss is cool. Every man has his price, so, so get in touch and you can, you can have my story for a certain price. Get on Google Maps and look for Bongoyo Island. Yes, Bongoyo Island. It, I'm looking at it right
3: now, and it's crazy to think that Matt spent the night out there that's, smashing that's... against rocks. And there
4: was. I didn't know. I wasn't thinking about this afterwards. I was, I mean, I wasn't thinking about this at, at the time. But afterwards, people come to tell me, you could have drowned. Well, I thought about drowning. But you could have been eaten by a puff-fatter snake, which I guess is a deadly snake that was on the island that or the, paralyzes or, you. Right. Or those eels. Or the eels, electric eels. Or there are, I mean, this is near Somalia, which has, which has all the pirates, oh, Captain goodness. Phillips. You could have been taken um, by a pirate. I could have been taken by pirates. There are pirates in that area off the Pacific. So it's... If you got taken by pirates, what kind of th- What kind of ransom do you think you could have gotten? Me? Yeah. Oh, at least two mil.
3: Yeah. I, I think that's pretty Because funny. I don't
4: think they're really ransoming the parents. They're more ransoming the government, yeah, right?
3: For a... a, a Young white male in his twenties, American. I think two million is pretty safe. Yeah.
4: yeah, I had the beard. I don't know if that would detract from it. Like, it kind of looks like a hobo. They might shave you to get. Uh, to make me look a little presentable, a little more presentable. Right. get a little more, more money. Put, you, put you in a nice suit. How much did Captain Phillips go for? I don't know. I haven't seen know? the movie. yet. I haven't seen the movie. I hear it's
0: good. I want to go see it.
4: I bet I would go for at least as much as Captain Phillips did because I was younger, probably a little more attractive. <laughs> um, I, if Tom Hanks is playing the role, probably a little more attractive. So I would I would say I would go at least. Now, maybe I don't have as much talent as as, as Captain Phillips, but at least as much as Captain Phillips now, This was in 2007? Yeah. Okay. How old were you then? I was I was,
3: 20, I was, I was 23. Tw- yeah, I was 27. Josh, you were 27. Yep. Yep.
4: 23. Yeah. Man. I was you were, 13. You young, and na- like, young and naive. Intern was only 13. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. That's just <laughs> me.